Stay golden. Hurricane. Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast. We are a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane Athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. And I'm Matt Rectine, and I'm back. Uh, sorry I couldn't be at the last episode, uh, Ryan and listeners, although I feel my apologies more directed for Ryan uh, <laughs> since he ended, you know, did this, carried us with the solo sode, but busy week. But I'm excited to be back and talk about some basketball and portal news. Yeah, I got plenty to get to. Um, ish. I think this will be a relatively short one. Uh, be, seeing as the the solo sode, I think I put it out Thursday, maybe Friday more. I can't remember which day I actually launched that thing, but it hasn't been very long. We only have one game to recap. That's the Oklahoma State game, unfortunately. Um, and then we've got two quick games to to preview for the men, and we'll we'll talk about the women's team as well at the end. Um, but before we get to that, yeah, I want to cover some some quick portal news. Um, did a lot of this last week so if you're looking for a a broader list of who all is in the portal for tu right now um last week's episode is the one for you uh just quick updates from last week though one two things to note um one person additional person has left one person first person for tulsa in this portal season has joined out of the portal um so who left unfortunately a, a decent contributor from last year's team. That is a six foot four junior wide receiver. You know, his name, Carl Chester. He kind of broke out near the end of the season for us, uh, scored his first career touchdown for us near in the last couple games. I don't remember which game that happened in, but ended the season with 22 catches, 401 total yards, one touchdown. And he looked to get like a guy that, you know, had the potential to be a, a, a carryover contributor into next season. Um, as a junior, he's still got a couple of years of eligibility left, and unfortunately, um, he's not going to be with the team. Uh, or he, he could come back. You know, that's the deal with the portal. can always come back. Um, but there's there's a, a pretty strong chance he will not. Uh, so he is gone. Um, who joined? We've got one. That's a, that's a redshirt junior out of Indiana University, Miles Jackson. Six foot two, 230-pound linebacker. Had 25 total tackles, 17 solo, one sack, one forced fumble last season. Nice replacement out of the portal. We're losing Colton Smith to eligibility and we're losing dorian hopkins to the transfer portal both those guys got a lot of burn last year especially colton smith so nice to get a linebacker right off the bat he is the only portal incoming guy we have so far which is not surprising like of anybody of the teams in our conference charlotte is the only team that has more than two so far uh so it's still very early in the portal season the portal window if you're not aware it opened on monday whatever that was the fifth or fourth or whatever day um, it closes on January 2nd and that's the window to where you, you can put your name in the portal. That doesn't mean you have to announce like where you're going after, you know, by then. So this is going to be an ongoing thing for a while. Um, usually a lot of the energy happens up front. Uh, so in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure we'll get most of the news, uh, but things can trickle for a long time. So, um, people have, again, people have until January 2nd to put their name into the portal after that, nobody else can enter. Um, and that is actually a shorter window than it was last year and the year before that so of those guys matt disappointed happy how do you feel about losing carl chester how do you feel about miles jackson i don't know if you had a chance to look at miles or anything yet i haven't watched any highlights but um his numbers and his his physical size looks pretty good yeah um bummer to potentially lose carl chester just because he's been here and he knows the system but 
I mean, I still think we got a lot of depth at the wide receiver position, and I'm happy with the guys who are staying. Plus, you know, we might we could easily bring in like another wide receiver, like a big guy uh, to kind of replace him because we've kind of done that uh, the last couple of years, I think. Uh, as far as the Miles Jackson, didn't really know. I just saw the news on what it was today, right on Twitter that it was official today. Yep. Yeah, and so um, he was, you know, he was on our very shortly tenured defensive coordinator Matt Guerrero's team, uh, and now he's where he belongs at Tulsa. So <laughs> I think that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm pleasantly. Not surprised. I'm pleasantly content with, I think, what's happened overall so far in terms of guys that we've kind of lost. Um, I know that we've lost a couple commitments in the last day or two, um, you know, which is potentially pen. I feel like portal moves pending. Um, maybe we're bringing in some guys that all of a sudden these commitments are going to have to compete that they didn't think was going to happen. So I'm kind of feel like the next week next two weeks maybe we'll see some more guys join um so that's kind of um my side of it i i'm still like shocked um that braxton is not in the portal and so it seems like we'll have all three unless i mean i feel like putting your name late this late with all the quarterback depth that's in the portal like i i feel like he's just not gonna go in at all at this point yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, briefly touched on it last week. It just feels like I think maybe the reason is he's just worried about not getting a spot, right? Right now he's on scholarship at Tulsa. If you leave, if you put yourself in the portal, we do not have to Tulsa, as far as I know, TU does not have to offer that honor that scholarship anymore. And I you know, if you're worried about not landing somewhere potentially, that could be a horrible move for you. You know? Like he right now you're you're going to school for for free. And that could change um, if you if you go in the portal and, and it goes the wrong direction. So I assume that's what's going through his head right now. Um, it's a, man, tough situation for him. Because if he had entered the portal at the end of the season last year, it's a different story. You know, he's, he's at a different school. and uh, But obviously, he thought he was going to come in and be the guy this year. So, you know, you're, you're not going to make that choice. Um, but yeah, tough deal. Um, also, not concerned. Like, I'm not concerned about only having one incoming guy so far it's early nobody has a lot of guys really yet it's just getting started i think it'll really pick up in the next two weeks um so we'll see what happens there if you though the listener are concerned and you want to help in some way what can you do well there's three ways and i want to outline them for you real quick all of them related to nil and there are three things and it's kind of confusing i'm going to try to explain this as concisely and shortly as i can to you kind of more or less officially has three things you can do if you want to help out with nil stuff for to you one the champions fund that's the main thing formerly known as the golden hurricane club uh they rebranded it two years ago i don't remember when that happened um but anyway that's the that's the big mothership you know that's just the usually recurring donation you can make to tu annually or however often you want to do it goes to the athletic department in general um they will allocate the money from there i think you can also specify certain parts of the athletic department you'd like to give to if you want to do that so the champions funds like the big broad option if you just want to give to you some money athletically second the case fund this is a new one um as of last year earlier this year i mean it, it's pretty it's pretty recent uh this is due to a lawsuit that was settled the uh ncaa versus alston case 
um, finally some results out of that. And that's kind of what opened up the NIL stuff at the beginning, but as a sub, like a subset result of this is that certain universities or maybe all and TU is just one of 50 so far who have opted into this, um, can directly give students up to $8,000 directly a year, the university themselves. And it has to do with academics and they have to meet some certain requirements and stuff like that. Um, but the university themselves, uh, can give students up to $8,000 a year, which before that, um, university couldn't give obviously any money to any students until all the NIL stuff happened. So, um, this is the, this is kind of the, it's not a loophole, but a weird, like new development out of this lawsuit that allowed the university itself to pay students a little bit of money. The third one is the standard NIL collective that operates outside the university. This is the hurricane impact fund. You've probably seen that. Um, that's a true NIL collective. It is TU itself does not operate or direct how that thing works. I'm sure they have some input here and there. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how they run it, but it's a third party thing. A couple former athletes run it. I don't know who, um, but that's there as well. So if you want to give to a true collective, go with the hurricane impact fund. Uh, if you want to help out the athletic department in general, go to the champions fund. If you want another way to help out student athletes directly, go to the case fund, try to outline that in the show notes as well, if that's helpful, but those are the main things. And that's what, that's what right now is all about. It's NIL. It's NIL money. That's what players are transferring for largely. Um, if there's a tie, the tiebreaker is NIL money, uh, and to you pretty light on NIL money as, as far as we can tell. So if you want to help out, those are the three ways. Yeah. What did, uh, my other alma mater, uh, head coach, Matt rule up at Nebraska, uh, what talked about quarterbacks, one point yeah. one and a half, two million dollars is essentially the NIL. Obviously, one to two million, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's for like the top, and I don't think Tulsa is ever going to be in that. But I mean, we got to be able to like look at what Charlotte just did. They pulled in Florida's uh, backup quarterback, um, and so like that level. If Tulsa is in a situation where we need to or are in a position where we can pull in a quarterback, you know, from a big program, we need to make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success. So, yep, agreed. So those are the ways to do it. Champions fund, case fund, hurricane impact collective. Um, so check those out. If you got some dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you want to help out to you in the, in the transfer portal world. All right, let's move on to basketball. It was a bummer, um, update since last week we played Oklahoma state, which was the, I, I put on Twitter. I honestly think the most excited I've been for a TU basketball game in several years, at least two possibly into year three and four hard for me to remember that far back um but we uh it did not go well for my excitement level we lost that game we get there we're five and three overall now fell 17 spots immediately after losing by 15 to oklahoma state fell from number 183 in ken to number 200 right after that game um up a few spots since then to number 196 uh in as of tuesday night um, we are now, if you're curious, 187 in the net, 188 in Massey, 190 in Bart Torvik's rankings. But the net is the most important for NCAA spots. Um, we're trying to get there. We're very far away, obviously, still right now. We're still way higher than we were to start the year, so still trending in the right direction. Um, but that was a step back Oklahoma State game, 72 to 57. I'm going to let you start us off on this one, Matt, since you were there at this game. Give me your thoughts. Uh, it got ugly and it got ugly quick. Um, it was like, I was excited. It seemed like it was an OSU home game, although I'm pretty confident that it was neutral. Um, all things considered, 
OSU just they had Pistol Pete. We didn't have Gus T. Um, <laughs> they had their bands there. We didn't. They had their Man, like, their band also was playing like funk, like weird bass funk stuff. It was I know. Awesome. I was yeah, I was well, actually digging it. And so I've been going to like OSU games this year, uh, just because my girlfriend uh is an OSU alum, which I will explain the bet that I lost, which is unfortunate later. Also, listeners, let me let me tell you right now. Matt Rectine, I can you guys can't see him. I can. He's wearing orange. After we lost to Oklahoma State, what are you doing? I just noticed why are you doing this? Not intentional for that. I'm also wearing like a TU shirt underneath. Nobody it. can see that, Matt. He's wearing a bright orange sweater. But Ryan can see my Tulsa shirt that's underneath it. The orange one was just <laughs> the clean one. Um and I my whole thing was like, all right, I'm not gonna interact like with OSU's band or anything like that. Um, even though I know some of their stuff and I still Kept, caught myself like tapping my leg every now and then um <laughs> but like i know our uh support staff you know mascot band all that was probably at the women's game since they had that huge game against florida uh earlier that day so anywho yeah uh getting down 17 to 3 early on it was just brutal and i feel like I don't know. Sometimes you get in that situation. You're like, all right, well, there's a comeback. You just got to, you know, like calm the nerves and all that. And no, it was, it was just, we were down 14 and it felt insurmountable because (laughs) of how awful we looked just in terms of keeping the ball. And I mean, Oklahoma state was not, was not better. They actually, I think they had more turnovers than we did. They did. And it's the only reason we only lost by like 15, uh, Without that, if they held on to the ball a little bit better, we're done. We lose this game by 30 or, or worse. So, yep. I did not know uh, that Willis was not going to be back in this one, which is frustrating because um, I feel like we looked like an entirely different team against Loyola Chicago last week with him in there. Um, and so, just having that aspect just gone, it just, we kind of looked lost on offense. Yeah, not having Keiston was was awful. Um, you know, it felt like we had a ton of momentum coming out of that Loyola game. Huge win. We played really well. It was Keiston's first home game back and his first first true game back where he got any meaningful playing time. And he looked fantastic. And he is a calm, cool-headed guy. And our team, so far this year, has a tendency to get out of control, like start playing too fast and get reckless and turn it over a lot. And we turned it over a decent amount against Loyola, but it slowed down. Like, I think he slowed it down here and there a little bit. Still moving fast, still playing hard, playing fast, but sane, you know, not kind of getting way, way out of control. Um, So, yeah, not having him in this was really tough. Um, Hard to come back from that unexpected development when you start off like that, a 17 to 3, like he mentioned, gets even worse. Um, Yeah, Oklahoma State had 28 turnovers in this game. That is a all-time high under Mike Boynton, who's been there for seven seasons. Uh, so before that, can't tell you, but the stat was the highest they've ever had under Boynton. They won that game by double digits despite turning it over that many times. We turned it over 20 times. They turned it over tw- uh, 28. There were 48 combined turnovers in this game. The the f- funny quote I saw from Conkle after the game was, to force 28 turnovers and lose by double digits is one of the great mysteries when you look at the stat sheet. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it really is, man. The story of this game was not cap to you not capitalizing on those turnovers so many times 
We would turn them over. We would force a turnover from them. And we'd be running on the court. We'd give it right back. Conkle said that happened five times this game. Like, we actively turned them over. And then in transition, we turned the ball back over to Oklahoma State. Wasted turnover. Just a total waste. And then when that didn't happen, we didn't turn it over. Turn it over. We were straight up missing layups and missing dunks. So it was like, over and over again, we are in given an opportunity to gain on OSU or just try to gain some kind of momentum. And we just couldn't do it over and over again. I think the stat was we shot 45% on layups and dunk attempts. A lot of those were missed buckets in transition. Can't have it. I mean, you're playing a big time team. You're trying to take the next step as a team. This was a missed opportunity in the biggest way. Tulsa had a chance. I think you play this game 10 times. Tulsa maybe wins three or four of them. You know, like we can, I'm still convinced we can beat that team. That is not a good Oklahoma State basketball team. Tulsa can beat them. I think we played our worst game of the season against them. And man, had we had Keaston Willis, maybe still today it would have gotten out of control because nobody else aside from two guys really played well. Uh, but yeah, it was it was ugly, man. Somehow we got to, when things start spiraling like that, we got to slow down, regain composure, get a little bit more solid on the inside. It's just, we just kind of start moving faster and it just spirals out of control on us sometimes. Yeah, when you steal the ball 19 times, and then lose by 15 when you give up you have 20 turnovers only nine of them were steals by osu like again it's just the unforced turnovers is just killing us and like you look at it there's only one guy on the roster beside like who got meaningful minutes that didn't have a turnover and i mean i think he was our probably if not our best like our second best um player just from a pure like analytics uh, and that's Carlos Williams. Like he had a good game. I th- yeah, I thought he had, I would put him second best game. I, he, he looked really good, really solid this game. And it's, man, just like you can't shoot 15% from three either and expect to be winning a lot of I games. know Three from 20, like PJ Haggerty, 0 for 4. Uh, Carlos, 1 for 1. There we go. Just give the ball to him. Kobe, 1 for 4. Tyshawn Archie, he had he shot pretty poorly from three, which is, I don't know, I feel like he's better than a 20% shooter. But it was just all around. Like, you make three of those, and you're, it's a whole different ballgame. And so, you know, it's some of it's shot luck, and I agree. Like, you play this game 10 times, like, you're, we're probably not going to shoot 20% every game. But the game we do shoot 20% is also the one where we just give away the ball and opportunities, like, it was just the perfect combination yeah. to create an ugly, ugly, un- kind of unenjoyable game to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was an awful game. It was an awful game to watch. It was very frustrating. If you're just a neutral fan watching this game, you come away from this one thinking, man, both those teams are terrible. No one comes away from this game thinking that Oklahoma State's pretty good. You know, they just beat Tulsa by 15. No, they're thinking... Both these teams suck really bad, and uh, that's not good. I saw a stat from uh, from Mike Boynton after the game, too, that was kind of wild. Um, he was extremely surprised because he had never – I don't think – he said something like, I'd never seen a stat like this. They won the game with five more turnovers than field goals made. So they turned the ball over five more times than they made a basket, and they won by 15. I mean, it is just – no, like like we've been saying over and over, nothing went right for TU in this one. 
they played hard. It's not like they gave up. I mean, they were playing a little too hard, I think. Maybe they the moment was was too big for a young team and they just couldn't get there. I understand. It's young. It'll come with time, the maturity there, but man, it, yeah, it was tough. But got to give credit where it's due to uh sorry, go ahead. I was just going to be like, so they had five more turnovers than baskets made. Guess where we were? Um, I have the box score open, but I'm not going to look. So we had five, they had five more turnovers than baskets made. We had 20 turnovers. How many baskets did we make? We scored 57 points. Um, three more that even we had as many turnovers as baskets made. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Dang. That's crazy. Yeah. Pretty tough. Yep. Got to give credit where it's due, though. Um, Two players played really well. We talked about one of them already, Carlos Williams, 11 points. Five of six from the field. Very efficient, quiet game from him, but a solid game from uh, from a team who did not have very many players that had solid games. I thought the MVP of this one, Tyshawn Archie, in my opinion, 13 points, two assists. Yeah, he didn't shoot well from three, um, but a couple rebounds also, a block, five steals. And he had five steals with like 10 minutes to go in this game, or maybe by halftime, and it, it was wild. Um Shot over 50% from the field despite that uh, bad three-point shooting percentage. Tied P.J. Haggerty in points. Played nine fewer minutes than Haggerty, too. Um, interesting tidbit. Tyshawn Archie played more minutes than Kobe Williams in this game, which I thought was very weird. Kobe Williams, senior leader on this team, been with Conkle his entire career, aside from last year. And uh, I don't think that's going to necessarily continue. I think it was a symptom of, damn, Archie is playing out of his mind. We're going to keep him in the game for as long as possible. And sometimes, you know, you're playing that hot. You got to step up and take over. Kobe was not playing super well. Turned it over five times. Or was it four times? Turned it over five times. So did Haggerty. So when you've got your two main ball handlers, traditionally, are Kobe and PJ, um, you got to bring in somebody else. They're, when those two guys are turning it over five times a piece, that's not going to work. Those those guys distribute the ball. They're the, they're the playmakers of this team. And can't have those guys turn it over five times a game. So when you got Tyshawn playing as well as he did, and that guy is awesome. He gets better every single time he steps on the floor, it seems like. And we gave him plenty of minutes on this one. Just need the rest of the guys to step up around him, especially the senior guys in, in Kobe and hopefully Keystone when he gets back. Dude, he is easily the most exciting player um, to watch on this team. Like I'm trying to think of last couple of years and just like because he's probably, at least how he's been playing, top two defender on our team and but he's also incredible on offense like this game uh i don't know i don't know if i would call him a top two defender he is too he's too small to be a consistently good defender like so far he's played well but i think probably kobe williams is the best defender on the team probably number number two maybe is josiah we bring him in specifically for defense yeah and so i'll say i don't think he's the best like he will not be second best defender end of year kind of thing but just so far in games that he's played he has looked like the second best defender just in terms of like his defensive rating because what he's really good at is forcing steals and like it's just so exciting like watching him like yeah he's he is tiny uh he looks like a baby out there he's like 155 pounds maybe um and so like you you'd think like oh he's just gonna get beat by these tall big 12 basketball players and all of a sudden, his hand just like boom falls out down the field. They go or yeah, court, he's sorry. sneaky yeah. man. He is so like, he's sneaky. He's slippery. He's got all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's just like it's exciting. Um, 
So yeah, I I don't know. I just I love watching him. I hope he continues to get the minutes he's gotten in like this game. Loyola and I think Little Rock are his top. He's uh what he got. 27 this game. I think he had like 18 against Loyola, 17 on Little Rock. Uh, just like give him, give him the minutes. Yeah, I agree. And he, I think he's gonna, um, if and until uh, Kobe Williams really steps up and PJ Haggerty, PJ has been, been more solid, I think, so far than Kobe. Kobe's been, I, I still think by the end of the year, when we all look at the whole season, I think Kobe will end up being our, our, maybe our best player, maybe second best. Um, but yeah, it's been a bit of a disappointment so far, not in terms of like, I, I can see the potential of him. You know, the guy is arguably the fastest guy on the team. He's probably our best defender. Um, he can, uh, and something like when he starts really, really doing well, he looks like the best player on the floor. Uh, unfortunately it's been super inconsistent so far this year. And that's not something you would really expect to see from a guy who's been playing ball for as long as he has. So hopefully he can get it there. I want him to, um, I think he's awesome. I think he'll get back to it, but yeah, right now it's, it's Tyshawn Archie, man. And I'm fine with that. If it's going to go that way, that's cool with me, but, um, I think it's better for our team. Um, this season, if Kobe is really good, it's better in the long term If Tyshawn's really good. And also if he stays with TU, God, man, I hope he does. <laughs> that was, that was my one fear. Like Sunday watching him, I was like, Oh, he better not leave. Like Conkle's just got to be like, dude, this team is going to be yours yeah. for the next four years. The only thing that keeps me like he he's so small that even if he does really well here, I think like the big time schools won't won't necessarily give him as much of a look. Somebody might and take him, you know. Uh, but I think there's a little bit of defense that also has just in the fact that he's so small and he looks so young. So maybe that will help. Um, but yeah, it's. Like he's got it all. I saw the uh, on Twitter, like the Pistons draft, some Pistons draft recruiting profile thing, uh, retweeted a bunch of his highlights, and I was like, "No, don't do that!" Like we got to keep him a secret as long as we can. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, uh, I think he's he's got a chance to be awesome at TU. So if we can hold on to him, it'll be great. Uh, let's see. Anything else on this game? I think we covered most of it. Um, let me see. Yeah, I think we got it. Did you have anything else on the Oklahoma State game? No, I'm just I'm looking at the four factors, um, and it's just kind of sad to see that we <laughs> the green for turnover percentage for Tulsa, like everything else was red because OSU was better. It's like we beat them in turnovers, but still we lost because of turnovers. So yeah, right. It's just brutal. Yeah, ugly game. Um, Fortunately, got a couple bounce back opportunities, one of which would be a nice, very, very nice win. And that's the first of these two games. That is Missouri State coming up. The other one, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, if we lose that one, things are going the very wrong direction. Before we get to those, uh, want to touch on this. Tulsa Basketball on Twitter today put out just a just an image. It was a bunch of gold bars. I don't know if you saw that, Matt. And what could that mean? Got to mean one thing. There's got to be some brand new gold uniforms coming next game. It's got to be what's happening. Haven't seen gold so far this year. It's all new uniforms this season. So far, it's only been blue and white, which is much better than throwing in the blacks or the grays as we, you know, have done in the past. So very excited uh, for what is probably going to be a gold variation of the home uniform um, this week coming up. So looking forward to that. I think that'll be pretty sweet. I think it means that they're giving out gold bars at the game on Saturday. Or... Somebody has already 
ponied up big time for the NIL stuff we were talking about, and they're going to be giving gold bars to the players. But also, I hope it's I hope it's to the fans in the stands because then you might get one. And as a fellow podcast host, you are uh, legally obligated to share your gold bar with me. I don't think that's how that works. I'm pretty sure you won like a hundred dollar gift card from one of those shirts one times, and I definitely did not see. I'm pretty sure I shared it with you. Uh, my uh, my memory is. Uh, I, I think you bought a uh, a dock for your for your laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did. Um, you you benefit from that though, as uh, because it made me it made the podcast easier for me to do. So you were, a... I'll invest a gold bar into the podcast. There we go. Very nice. All right, we've got Missouri State, the Bears coming up. They play in the Missouri Valley. That game is on Saturday, the sixteenth, two p.m. Central, ESPN Plus. Missouri State, pretty good team. Seven three overall, number one seventeen in Ken Palm. That is good for sixth, I believe, in the Missouri Valley. It's about middle of the pack, a little bit better. Um, head coach, Dana Ford. Don't know anything about him. He's in his sixth season there. Uh, they're a pretty solid team. Like, this would be a good win. They beat ORU by 15. ORU, I'm sure you are aware, beat us. They beat them by 15. Um, they beat number 103, Kent State, on a neutral court. Another nice win. They lost number 65, Drake, who's also in the Missouri Valley. Uh, lost to 129, West Virginia. And then they have a bad loss to number 242, Middle Tennessee. So it's not like a bad team can't beat them, um, but this is a good team. And we are not necessarily a bad team. I think we are still getting better, um, arguably, every game, with the exception of this last game. So let's see what they've got. They are an old, old team. Lots of experience. Pretty much all of their primary contributors are juniors or seniors. They've got a dynamic bunch. Leading scorer is a junior guard named Alston Mason. He averages 17.6 points a game. Also leads him in three-point percentage, hits 40% of those, 50 attempts, which is the most attempts on the team. So that guy scoring from all levels. Um, outside of him, senior guard Donovan Clay, second on the team in scoring, second best rebounder. Uh, and they've got a third guy that you should know. Matthew Lee leads him in steals per game, fourth in scoring. Their guards, those guys, are our size for the most part, which is good because we've got some relatively small guards. Um, Austin and Lee, 6'2 and six foot, respectively. However, Donovan Clay, probably their second, maybe most important player, is six foot eight. So, what guard are we going to put on him? I don't know. Uh, usually, we're playing Carlos Williams at the four now. So we're and he, but who knows? Like maybe we'll throw him back at the three and put him on Clay, and then bring in Reed at the five to make it bigger down there. I don't know. So I don't know how we're going to attack Donovan Clay. But six foot eight guard, not a super awesome matchup for our relatively small guards that we've got on our team. Um, but as always. Need to turn the ball over way less. Need to make some threes. Please, God, hopefully Keaston Willis is back. Oh, didn't touch on this. Um, if you watched the game, I'm sure you know. But if you didn't, the reason he is he was out is he re-aggravated, apparently, that same foot that he was out with earlier. So no idea how bad that was. He wasn't wearing a boot, you know, which is if he was in a boot again, that would be horrible news. And it'd be many, many games until he's back. But hopefully just a one-game precautionary thing before we get into conference play. Maybe they'll keep him out. Until conference play, that would be a bummer. Um, but really hoping we get him because Missouri State looks good. Haven't watched them on the court this year, so I, I can't tell you like how they play or their their dynamics as a team. But um, they've got good guards. They've got old guards. And in college basketball today, that's what wins you games. And we've got one old guard in Kobe, and we've got another one who is coming back, hopefully in Keyston. Uh, and we need those guys to play better. And we need our young guys to step up um, if they're not. So that's what we've got with Missouri State. Do you know anything about them, Matt? Did you did you really check them out beforehand? Or I, that's all I really have on on them. And I have even less on Mississippi Valley State. So now's the time if you've got anything. 
No, I just think uh, we'll put Tyshawn Archie uh, cover him. 6'8 versus uh, what is Tyshawn like officially listed at? Like, Let me guess. You should look it up. Uh, or you can guess too and then look it up. I'm going to, I bet Archie, I mean, on the court, he looks tiny. He's also just so skinny. So that impacts what I think. I'm going to bet he's under six foot. Maybe I bet 5'11. I always think like people are under six foot and then they're like six one or always. I feel like it's impossible to be uh, smaller than six foot on a basketball team. Yeah. All right. He is listed at six one. Wow. Look at that. That's crazy. There's no way. Maybe he is. I don't know. That's feel that feels one hundred and seventy five pounds. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I might have to put my conspiracy hat on, uh, like we did for um, oh, what was that? The X Files. Oh, uh, he went to Clemson. Um, white guard. Uh, from TU. Yeah, from TU. A couple of years. Oh, ago. um, yeah, I know his. Oh God, yeah. What was his name? Uh. Had a C. It started with a C, I think. It was like Carson. Carson um, was not that. Dropping back, uh, going roster 2018. A, yeah. If you find it, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. His first name initials. does start with a C. It does. Damn. Last name starts with an S. The second letter of his first name. It's an A, isn't it? No, it's oh, a U. Shoot. Oh, current Scott. Got it. I remember not believing what he had on his. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, like that he's 6'4", 208 pounds or whatever. So I'm ready to put that on for Tyshawn Archie as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know who's going to guard him. You, like, you look down our roster, maybe Isaiah Barnes, he feels like the most natural pick, and we start him anyway, so I'm sure it'll be him. Did Barnes get hurt, or was he pulled? Like, that's what I saw. I couldn't tell at the game, but I thought I saw that on Twitter, and that was why McCright got so many minutes. Not that I noticed. Um I, I did see that he only had, you know, sub 20 minutes, something around there. Uh, but I, I didn't, he didn't get hurt. Um, I think it was just maybe rotations, matchups, not sure. Okay. Yeah, weird stuff. So I feel like if Barnes does start, I'm sure he will be on Donovan Clay, the 6'8 guy. Um, Austin Mason and Matthew Lee are 6'2 and 6 foot. So we'll, we'll have standard matchups for them defensively. Uh, so feeling good. Like there's, a, I think there is a chance we can win this game. How bad the team feels right now after that Oklahoma state game will matter a lot in this one. I think, although the game isn't until Saturday. So a full effectively a full week in between these two games, plenty of time to recover, get your mindset back, right? Get your morale back up. So hopefully it's all good. And we're back at home, which the team plays way better at home than they do on the road so far this year. Uh, all right. After that one, um, and I figured we'd cover this one today because we probably won't have another episode before then. Uh, this is on Tuesday, the 19th. Mississippi Valley State, the Delta Devils. They are coming to the Reynolds Center, 7 p.m. Central. It's also on ESPN Plus if you're not going to the game. They are 0-10 overall. Number 362 in Ken Palm from the SWAC. Trivia time, Matt. How many Ken Palm teams are there? 353. I just told you they're number 362. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was been enough attention. 363 then. No, there are 362 total Ken Palm teams. Mississippi Valley State, the Delta Devils are the worst ranked Ken Palm team. But like, what if there were right 353 now. and they were off of that? Can you imagine? Like Ken I mean, Palm has like a relegation. That's the rel- Yeah, I was just going to say that's how you get devoted uh, to Division Two ball. Um, so yes, they are indeed right now, according to Ken Pomeroy himself, the worst team in division one men's college basketball, their head coach, 
is George Ivory. He's in his second season there. I, he, I was looking at his like tenure before, and before that, he was at another school in the uh, in the SWAC. I can't remember, and he didn't do well there. So I don't know why he got hired at Missouri Valley State. Uh, but anyway, he's still uh, coaching in the SWAC and uh, apparently not doing super well right now. They are not that good, as mentioned. Zero and ten, no no wins, obviously in there. Um, as I mentioned, their head coach is George Ivory. Apparently, he also gets on the floor for eleven minutes per game and averages one point one points. Imagine that. Your coach gets so mad that your team's going zero and ten through their first ten games. His he's deciding to show up and suit up every now and then, take matters into his own hands. Still not going very well. They'll only get 1.1 points a game. Just kidding. Probably assuming that's his son, but there is a guy on the team named George Ivory, and I'd like to think that the head coach is getting pissed, putting on the jersey, getting out there trying to make things happen, then just getting embarrassed and only scoring one point a game. I feel like you would see that, like, you know, old baseball managers back in the 50s, 60s, like, were player managers. And I was like, can you imagine the first college basketball player manager. Well, maybe not first, but having a player <laughs> manager, like, I mean, I haven't watched him. Maybe that, maybe that is him. I'm looking at a picture of him. <laughs> uh, he does not look like a basketball player. Now <laughs> yeah. looks like he used to be, but he does not look like he's suiting up. I mean, you never know. Some, you, sometimes you just got to teach your kids a lesson. You're 0 and 10, you know, sometimes you just got to make a point, get out there and take a charge every now and then. Maybe that's what he's doing. I don't know. Anyway, besides, aside from George Ivory, coach and player, um, the real biggest contributors on this team are two guards, older guys, senior Raekwon Brown, junior Donovan Sanders. They are the only two guys who average double figures. They also take those two, the most threes on the team. They are not very good at shooting threes. Raekwon Brown shoots 29% from three-point line. Donovan Sanders, 25%, and they are taking the majority of those threes for the team. So this is a bad team. Uh, I don't have anything else on them. I haven't watched them either. Uh, This is a game Tulsa should obviously win. If we lose this game, could not be a worse loss, technically. It would be the worst loss you could possibly take. Home loss to the worst team in Ken Palm. So got to win this one. Obviously, it should be a nice game uh, to kind of round things out before we get closer and closer here in just a couple weeks to the start of conference play in January. So we'll see what happens. That should be a win. The big one that's coming up is, is Missouri state. That is again, almost a top 100 Ken Palm team. They are a good team. Seven and three out of the Missouri Valley. That's a big game. If you can go to that game, please go. Like I know the Oklahoma state game was, was rough. Um, home games have been good. Tulsa men are still undefeated at home. Tulsa women still undefeated at home. Go support them at home. It's a young team. They play well at home. They need the support from the fans. This would be a big pickup. Missouri State, fun team, good team, old team. Need the fan support there. All right, moving on. Women's basketball got one game to recap there. They are now 7-3. and three. They just had a huge 72-64 to 64 win over Florida at home. Brings them to number 147 in the net, number 119 in the Massey rankings. Florida was number 90 in the net. So that is a top 100 win for TU. Nice win for them after kind of an up and down start to the year. Um, Their downs have been very down, but lots of ups uh, in those ups. So generally feeling pretty good. Did you watch this game, Matt? Did you uh, have any takeaways from it? Uh, Did not watch it. Was traveling to OKC uh, for that game. But like just my initial thought, not about the game itself, but just kind of about this season for for the women's team. Like, 
look back at the last couple of years, how they started like two years ago, they started 10 and 0, um, you know, to kick off the year. Granted, strength of schedule was not very good last year, won a lot of games to start off again, but like lost to Arkansas, lost to Kansas. And now like we, yeah, we've had maybe a couple bad losses, but this kind of feels like maybe the most impressive start, like the most impressive wins we've had to start a year since Nelp took over because you've got not only this win against Florida, we also have that win against Clemson earlier. And so to like be finally pulling off those wins over power conferences, like it just feels like they're taking that next step. Um, and, you know, there will still be some downs because uh, I think this team is still like they're young. But I mean, I, that's just incredibly exciting. Like Florida is probably the best team that they've beat in the last couple of years. Like yeah. just off the top of my head, the only one. Like maybe a win over UCF, um, but I was like, oh, a USF win would be up there. But I distinctly remember them losing that game after being up. So, yeah, like, yeah, it certainly feel like I'm not sure about the American and like conference rankings in the Nets, and and I don't remember how most of those teams have stacked up over the years. Maybe one of those technically would have been better than a number ninety win. I'm sure this feels like at least the best non-conference win, right? I, I can't remember a better non-conference win so and that's big it's not just like a random team that's good in the net that nobody knows like it's a big brand from a huge conference in the sec and that's just that feels better like say say you beat number 85 like i don't know the first team i thought of was florida atlantic there in our conference but like a, a team that nobody you know a lesser known team outside of like people who care about that team um it just feels cooler to beat florida and so that matters right like you you want did you see the uh angie nelps like kind of getting into the locker room after the game and the team's going nuts, like spraying her with water bottles. They're jumping around. Like you don't see anything up going that crazy very often. And, uh, it was super fun in the locker room. The team was fired up and she was, she was giving them like awesome, a little post-game speech that was great afterwards saying like teams are going to fear you now. And you did that. Like you beat that team. People are going to know that and know that you beat them. Right. And that matters. That matters to the players. That matters to fans. Who and that and also speaking of fans who were at this game, all I could see was here and there on TV. I was watching it, and um, it never did like a no, not that I saw a huge pan out where you saw the entire stadium or anything. But from what I could see on TV, looked like a super well attended game. Looked a little bit better attended than a couple of the men's games I've seen on TV so far this season. It looked really good. So if you went to that game, shouts to you, fan. The crowd looked great. Student section was lacking but students got to get out there but general fans looked looked really good in this one it is middle of finals week so i'll cut them ah, a little true. bit of slack this time yes but, totally forgot about that good call. good call no and i i heard um we got a dm that gus t was walking around with just like a stuffed uh alligator like the entire game um <laughs> and just like doing a bunch of antics with that which is you know i think i think that's fun i feel like captain kane would never have done anything like that I feel like Captain Kane would just, you know, like pose with his sword and like clap and stuff. And so I feel like, you know, maybe we're we're starting to see a little bit of Gus T's personality come out um as well. Yeah, and he's that's been like one of his shining parts of him as a mascot, I think in general, is just getting better as is whoever is donning that suit is is settling in even more over the year. Um he's been really good at way better than former Captain Kane and just moving around and interacting with people, I thought, uh, from basically the jump. And it's just get apparently better and better all the time. So I'm I'm still happy with Gusty. Were you gonna say something now? 
I was just going to say like to kind of TU's energy coming in the fourth quarter, you know, they were down by four going into that and then to outscore Florida 20 to eight and just kind of like dominate the quarter, take the energy and just push like push Florida down was just, yeah, incredible. And I mean, you've got, you know, the normal, uh, you know, it's Delaney Crawford. It's Tamara Poindexter led the team 22 points, 21 points. So the usual suspects and like, it's been awesome since, you know, they've been here for three years and now they're kind of the core veterans of this team. Um, and to see like, this is kind of what I think we expected um, or maybe hoped is the better when they kind of started is that, you know, this is the type of team that, you know, Tulsa can put together and it's just awesome to see it. So I'm really excited. I think the rest of, um, I'm trying to think we've got another big school. I think we play Texas tech, um, later this month. So that's kind of like, we got one more chance to, to beat, you know, a big conference school, uh, to kind of like wrap up this non-conference schedule. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, really. They look good. Um, and when they look good, they look really good. Unfortunately, they have looked a little a little rocky here and there. But when they're all clicking, man, that team can everybody on that floor can shoot the three, which I know is what Nell Pizzoli, you know, that's what she wants. She wants that the the the, the quote unquote positionless basketball and everybody kind of be able to play every spot. And when they're when they're clicking, that's that's what it is. Like Tamira can play the five. Tamira can bring the ball up and play the one. All right. That's pretty much what everybody on the team, what, what she wants. And that's how it was in this game. Like point Tamira had 21 Crawford, 22 Crawford had a, a series at the end of this game, Delaney Crawford, where like she hit a three on one end, came back, got absolutely smoked by a Florida player. Not, not on purpose. It wasn't malicious or anything, but took a ton of contact, fell down, all that stuff comes back, goes right at the basket and one foul and hits the free throw, right? Just like super gritty player, Delaney Crawford. Those two have been running the show all year for us. And then there's always the third or fourth person that step up and, 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 you know, make something happen. Array Young has been fantastic this year. She's really settling in, came back from injury, looks really good. Um, Katia Gallegos, Maddie Cartwright off the bench looks great. Um, Cartwright off the bench played 30 minutes off the bench and hit like six threes or something. Um, not against Florida, but the, the game before that. And, uh, there's a lot of talent on the team. You know, they just keep, I think they keep getting better. This was a huge win as we noted and looking forward to, to watching that team in the future. Um, two games coming up, talked about, uh, kind of one of them already, Texas Southern and Texas tech got the Texas showdowns coming up here, Texas Southern. We played last year, beat them. Uh, took it to the la- to the wire last year against them. Um, they're not very good. At least they shouldn't be. They're number 314 in the net right now. Um, we've got them on- at home on Friday the 15th. If you're not going to that game, you can watch it on TV, 6.30 p.m. Central. Then the other one, you mentioned, Matt, Texas Tech. That is on the 19th, the same day the men play the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. Um, but the reason that it's both happened, it's not a doubleheader. That game is in Maui. Actually, it's in Kihei. It's the Maui tournament. tournament. Um, Tuesday the 19th, 10 p.m. Central Time because uh, it's in Hawaii. So there you have it. Texas Tech, we mentioned Florida already. You know, big school, big brand, nice win, number 90 in the net. Texas Tech, big school, big brand, big conference, number 47 in the net. Going to be a tough one. Going to be a tough game. Would be a huge, huge win. Got to think we're going to beat Texas Southern. If you follow that up with a win over Texas Tech after beating Florida, 
man, that team's going to be on fire going into conference play. So really hoping that can happen, but that'll be a fun one to watch. Um, didn't see any TV information on that yet. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but uh, that'll be a fun game to watch if you can. Yeah, not the best team that we've played so far um, in the net. Yeah, that's got to be uh, the team that we've had two Mississippi State, two, right? two of our losses. So our, the best team we played is TCU. TCU is oh, really? 24. Yeah. Wow. Mississippi State, 33. So, I mean, to have two of our losses be top 33 teams in the net, not bad. I mean, obviously they looked ugly, but again, I think that's just because the difference between the top teams and when wins basketball and like the middle tier is just that ginormous. Um, I think the ORU one is really the only one that I'm like, we should have won that game. Yeah, agreed. So we'll see what happens, but it should be fun. Either ORU way. is 146 in the net. We're 147. It's frustrating. Ouch. I guess they did beat us though. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Uh, wait, the, oh yeah, the, wait, the ORE women beat the, beat Tulsa women. That's one of our losses. Dang. I forgot about that. Dang. That is God. I put that out of my head already. That's tough. Pretty yeah. sure. No, no. Yep. Now you have no, me doubting. Okay. No, you're right. By six. First loss of the year. Tough stuff. All right. Uh, anything else on the women's theme? No, I think that's, uh, that's it. All right, I did want to I did want to close on on one more thing that I kind of forgot about. Uh, so I don't have any I don't have a ton to say here, um, just because I I could have put more prep time into this one, but kind of forgot about it honestly. Uh, Bill Blankenship he has retired, and I wanted to mention that. Um, obviously, coached at Tulsa, like the University of Tulsa, for what was it four years total? He was hired in 2011, I think, fired in 14. Um, so I guess that would be three seasons total, uh, maybe after the fourth season. I don't know. Do the math for me. Yeah, he was um, there two years before us two years while we were there okay so there you have it uh he was the first to you coach that i knew you know when i got to TU, he was the coach uh we were transitioning out of conference usa into the american he he did that um had one really awesome year obviously and uh some some not so great years after that uh wound up in his in his unfortunate firing from from TU, but he is not going to be remembered for his uh, time at TU necessarily. He's going to be remembered for his time as a high school football coach in the Tulsa area. Um, obviously well-known for his time at Tulsa Union. Uh, most recently at Owasso. I think he also coached in Arkansas for a year or two there, maybe after the after the TU fallout um, and, and before Owasso. I don't remember the timeline perfectly off the top of my head, but a legendary head coach in the city of Tulsa. Um, and to see him retire, I, I watched some... Um, of his like announcements uh, kind of press conferences after he announced that he was, he was retiring and man, the guy he's, he's an inspiring guy. He has done a lot of really good stuff. He did some really good stuff for TU itself. Um, and obviously at the high school level, he's, he's pretty much undisputed as, as one of the best of all time in Tulsa. Uh, so sad to see him retire. Also happy to see him retire. It's well-deserved. Um, but just wanted to call that out before we close down this one, because he had an impact on me as coming into the school, being the first TU head coach that I knew um, saw some really fun teams under him and unfortunately it moved on after that. And, uh, now he's retiring as, as one of the best head coaches of all time in Tulsa. Yeah. Well said. I think one of my biggest regrets, um, from my time as the sports editor at the collegian, um, was how it was my first year as sports editor. And literally that firing happens like maybe two or three months into it. So I was still learning the job. Uh, Bill Blankenship gets fired and I was like, okay, I need somebody to write on this. The person that I asked to write 
that article was former co-host Pat Fox, <laughs> who Pat Fox is not someone who necessarily will handle things with tact. Um, <laughs> and so the attack, the article was like not gracious. Um, and I got a letter from previous editors from the collegian about how they were disappointed to see a coach that they all really liked, uh, not get as much respect as he deserved. And that Damn. is probably my regret. I published that and I was like, yeah, I probably should have had somebody else write it. I just, I literally had two writers who wrote for me, uh, that year. So dude, that is a story. I did not know that is brutal. You had people writing to you saying, God, you really screwed up this, uh, this thing. Or maybe were they writing to you or to Pat? It was in it response to Pat. So it's more like I, Maybe but you were responsible over like I, I should have had. Editor. Yeah. And, you know, like sophomore or junior senior year, I probably would have changed it up a little bit or told Pat, like, I can't publish this. But I was like, I just need stories. So that's what it. Oh, man, that is wild. Yeah. What a regret. Uh, <laughs> Bill. Sorry, man. Matt apologizes, as he has said. But yeah, that's good stuff. Um, props to him. Hope you wish him the best, obviously, in retirement. I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure he's going to enjoy it. It's very well deserved. And if he, I'm sure he's going to be involved here and there with TU in the future. I know he has been in the past and uh, we'll see what happens going forward. All right. Anything else before we close this thing down? How long have we been going? Probably not that long. Less than an hour. Let's go. Hey, two in a row. Let's keep this train rolling. Yeah. Nothing else from me. Very nice. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. If you're not already, Make sure you hit the follow button in your podcast app of choice, wherever you listen to podcasts. You do that, you'll get updates whenever we put a new episode out. While you're there, leave us a rating or a written review. Really does help. That's what helps people find us when they search the University of Tulsa or Tulsa Golden Hurricane or similar in podcast players. The reviews are are key there. Um, So please do five-star review. If you write one, we will read it on the show. Would really appreciate that. We do all this for free. If you want to help us out financially, you can do that. Go to our website, thegoldenhurricanes.com slash support. You'll find a few different ways to help out there. Um, and also we're on Twitter slash X at Golden Hurricast. You can submit a question for the show there. Um, just get in touch there. You can also submit a question for the show on our website, goldenhurricast.com. You'll see a big blue button that lets you do that. If you don't want to do either of those, but you still want to get in touch, we've got an email address. Get in touch that way, the golden at gmail.com. Thank you again, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Stay golden.